Okay, so welcome you guys to my Friday night Bible study. Um, I've done online Bible study before um, through different books that I've been, you know, that I've read and things like that. But this is strictly from the Bible and which is nothing wrong with that, you know, getting God's word directly from, you know, his word is awesome. So I'm going to give you a Bible study directly from God's word and my topic is tonight being elevated to the next level now you may hoop and hurrah about this being elevated to the next level but a lot of times being elevated to the next level requires some breaking down some brokenness some transformation some dry seasons you know in between or you know in between you actually getting you know, the different steps to getting to, you know, your place to where you actually feel elevated. So, um, if you would all like to continue on with this Bible study, just keep watching. Okay, so, let me get my glasses. Okay, so, being elevated to the next level requires perseverance, steadfastness, 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 faith, walking through what I call, you know, our hallways, um, and sometimes that's walking, you know, through darkness, you know, aka your dry seasons. Um, it requires separation, you know, sometimes to be, in order to be elevated. So, and I'm going to go through each of those keys that I have, those key points. Now, remember, um, uh, being elevated to the next level requires faith, steadfast, steadfast, steadfastness, perseverance, walking through your dry seasons, a.k.a. your dry, you know, your hallway. I want to say pray, always pray before you get big opportunities. Um, even before God gives you opportunities, always pray that for one, that he sends you opportunities because sometimes God has things waiting for us, yet he's just waiting on us to recognize that he has things in store for us and he's just waiting for us to, you know, say a prayer to ask because God's word says, if you ask, you shall, you shall receive. But at the same time, that also means that if we ask what's in his will, we shall receive what's in his will. So we have to be mindful to start asking God for opportunities. And not only do we have to ask God for opportunities, when opportunities come our way, pray and ask God that our minds are changed as well as our physical eyes and our spiritual eyes that we can recognize and see the opportunity that, you know, God has presented to us. Because I even wrote that in, you know, in my first and second book, you know, fell in for into God's purpose. And then my second book, um, What's Your Fish? You know, the story of Jonah, how I write some of the examples of how I used to be the type of person that, you know, opportunities would come my way and I just, I couldn't see it. You know, I, I, I couldn't see, you know, what God was presenting to me until, time after time after years after years I would get frustrated and I finally got to a place where I'm like God just open my eyes let me see opportunities let me remember things and slowly but surely you know God answered my prayers but I had to be willing to allow God to change my mind so in seeking opportunities we also have to pray that our minds are transformed and renewed and our eyes are transformed and renewed to see what God has for us because God can give us anything he can give us a husband, a a, a wife, um, a job, you know, he can give us, he can give us gifts and talents, but if we don't develop those gifts and talents to be used in a room when we have the opportunity, if we don't know how to use what we have and we don't know how to work what we have in our hands, then those opportunities are going to be wasted. So we have to pray for opportunities, pray to see those opportunities and thirdly, we have to pray and ask God to help us prepare for those opportunities. And that's being elevated to the next level. If you want to be elevated to the next level, there's going to be some prerequisites that you have to meet in order to stay at that level. Because anybody can walk into a room. And, you know, even in, you know, in my notes, I put that sometimes God will put us in a room and we're not fully ready to show us where we're at, you know, how we see ourselves, you know, if we have low self-esteem, if we have insecurities, you know, if we think that we're not as good as the next person that we're sitting next to. When you're in a room full of people, 
that have positional power, sometimes God will show you that you have the same opportunity as them. They walk into the room, you walk into the room, you all are in the same room. But what makes you different from them, what makes them different from you is is that they know how to use the opportunity that, that God has given them. You ever watch those reality shows where it's just messy and, you know, people are using a TV platform to argue and put each other down and um, to dog one another out and... That's another platform to reach people, but how are you reaching those people? You know, are you using the opportunity that God has given you to reach people to be messy? Are you using the opportunities that God has given you to pretty much, are you wasting God's opportunity? You know, and there are times when, you know, God will give us an opportunity and he may let us blow it, you know, just like the prodigal son. He asked his father for all of his money, all of his inheritance, and he gave it to him, and he blew it all. He blew everything. He ended up in the pig's den, eating the same thing that the pigs eat, and he was so humbled, and it broke him down to barely nothing to who he never knew he was, but yet he came out stronger. But in the midst of him wasting the opportunity that his father gave him, he, his father gave him all of his inheritance. But because his father was still alive, his father had more inheritance. As long as his father was alive, his father had abundance of inheritance to give him. So that kind of represents us with God. Even if God gives us an opportunity, we mess it up. Because God is everlasting. Because God isn't going to go anywhere. Because God is, you know, the eternal God, the great one, the almighty, the beginning and the end, the alpha and the omega. As long as we are still living on this earth and in this physical body, and we... we recognize that God is our God, we're always going to have opportunities. We may not sometimes have the same exact opportunity, but as long as we are still on this earth and God has not sent Jesus to come get us, you know, blowing that trumpet, blowing that horn, you know, on that final day, we still have a chance to do it over. So that that prodigal son represents us. You know, we've had an opportunity. We have inheritance. Sometimes we blow it, but because his physical father was still, uh, his earthly father was still alive representing, representing God, he still was able to come home. And his father threw a party, and his father was like, welcome home, son. Welcome back to the party. This party is for you. That's how God is with us. Even if we do blow the opportunity, even if we do walk into a room, and God is trying to show us, you know, whether we have low self-esteem, where we need to grow, where we need to become elevated, God may be even putting us in a room when we're not quite ready to show us who we should be looking at as an example, not that Jesus Christ isn't our number one example, but sometimes God likes to put us with people because there's connection, there's there's power in your connection with people. You know, when God wants to send people in your life to bless you, he sends people. When Satan wants to wreck your life, he sends a demonic person in your life to wreck your life. What is it about people when we're connected that makes us more powerful than if we are alone? You understand? It, it kind of represents the covenant, you know, with God. How once we make that covenant with God, that pact, that, that, that bond, that seal, that unbreakable seal, there's power in covenant. So, that's enough of that. <clears throat> okay. So, being elevated requires certain prerequisites. Like I said, you know, seek opportunity. When you get the opportunity, pray about it. Seek that. Seek God's will, you know, in those opportunities. Because not every opportunity that presents itself is of God. There are times when the enemy tries to trip us up with, you know, a potential husband or a potential wife or a potential job. Everything has potential, but what is that potential leading to? Excuse me. Is that potential leading to destruction or is that potential leading to blessings? So there's potential in everything. Just know that you have the 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 prosperity of Jesus and you have the destruction of Satan. So everything has opportunity, but not every opportunity is of, is of God and not every opportunity you're supposed to grab. Sometimes we are required to be still and to wait. And then there are times, other times, when God will give us an opportunity and God says, snatch it up. But whether you're snatching things up really quickly because you're being obedient to God or whether you're being still because you're being obedient to God, everything requires us to have ears that are tuned into God. 
you know? Everything requires us to have our ears pointed to the Father. Everything requires us to have our eyes pointed to the Father. Everything that we speak should be reflecting Christ, okay? So, being elevated to the next level, be aware of your surroundings with people and even with yourself. But I want to focus more on ourselves because a lot of times, you know, people, we, we preach about um, being aware of your surroundings, you know, be aware of other people. But sometimes, not sometimes, mo- all of the time, we need to be aware of other people. But I want to focus on us being aware of ourselves because Satan knows that there's no worse enemy other than sending someone else to wreck your lives than for you to wreck your own life. You know, that's the like the most ironic laughing stock that the devil can do is to have you mess up your own self. Okay? So that's why I want to focus on being being aware of your surroundings, meaning be being aware of who you are, you know, who we are. You know, being aware of your motives, being aware of your weaknesses. It's good to know your weaknesses, not just your strengths. You know, know you know your weak points, know your trigger points, know what you can and can't be around, know who you can and can't be around. You know, just because God saved you from the clubs and the, and the stripping don't mean that you're necessarily supposed to minister, minister to those people because you may not have broken off everything. So if you find yourself trying to minister or delve into certain aspects of your past, you may find yourself falling, you know, again. So you you have to be aware of yourself and you have to be aware and you have to be humble enough. Humble yourselves before God. Even I have to humble myself before God because, you know, my ego can get in the way. I have to humble myself before God and it, we have to humble ourselves before God to say, okay, God, what can I, what can and can't I do? You know, who can I be around? Who can I be around? You know, because like I said, there's power in covenant, but there's also destruction in covenant as well. If you're, if you're hooking up with the wrong people and if you're around the wrong environment, excuse me, I have an eyelash in my eye. Okay. What else? Uh-huh. Being elevated to the next level is going to require you to be confident. And that's through Christ. Being elevated to the next level is allowing yourself to be who you are meant to be in Christ. Okay? Not being afraid. I think a lot of times as Christians, we get... How can I say it? I'm not going to say we get too humble, but a lot of times as Christians, we... We um, we doubt ourselves too much. We we try to be too falsely humble. Where we try to say, you know, somebody say, "Oh, girl, you could sing." You go, "Oh no, it's it's nothing." You know, we we try to be too humble. We try to be false, falsely humble, and it's like you. We have to be confident in Christ, yet humble. You know, and it's it's kind of like a perfect balance, but. You won't really get it until you start really walking with Christ. But be confident yet humble. And I think Paul was one of the great examples in the Bible of being so confident in Christ that he has so much power. Yet he said that he was the least amongst all the chiefs of the, the, the disciples and the apostles. Yet they called him the highest. Yet he sought himself as the least. But yet he was so confident in Christ and the power and authority that he carried within him spoke volumes. So you have to be confident in Christ, yet humble, but not too falsely humble to where you're actually speaking against what God has given you and the power that God has given you. So pray and ask God to help you find the the Christ-like balance in being confident, yet humble. You understand? Because we can find ourselves trying to be too humble and then we start speaking words against what God has tried to tell us to manifest or what God has spoken for us to manifest. And when we try to be too humble, we we end up putting off what God has, has told us to manifest. Like we'll try to downplay, you know, certain things. And God actually wants us to be confident because the Bible says, Um, Be not more thoughtful of yourselves than you ought to be. And I have to find that scripture. But 
the revelation that God gave me with that is that it didn't say not to be thoughtful of who you are. It just said, do not be more thoughtful than you ought to be. So we're supposed to be confident, okay? We're supposed to be like, I got this. I got this in Christ. I know who God is. You know what I'm saying? Like, I trust God. He He been in for me. Ain't nothing. You know, we're supposed to be that confident. We're supposed to be thoughtful and mindful of Christ and that we can do all things through Christ. Like, we have to be confident. Like, we can't be no weak, wimpy Christian letting people walk all over us. That's not what the Bible says. Like, we're too falsely humble to where a lot of times we try to associate Christianity with being a doormat. That's not what what, what God told us to be. Jesus walked with authority. And then now we hear in a minute, in a few minutes, how God says in his word that he has given us authority over all serpents and all diseases and all sickness. If God has given us authority over all these things and to walk upon this earth, uh, having authority and walking in authority doesn't sound like a doormat to me. No, nope, not, not a doormat. So just be humble yet confident in Christ that you got this in Christ, okay? Next, do not fret or fear or be intimidated by people, by things, by positional power. Respect authority. Romans 13 verses 1 through verses 1 and 2. Respect authority always. Even if you disagree with somebody, respect their authority. Even if you don't agree how the person got there, respect their position. Okay? So I am going to read... Do I have it here? Nope, I have it up on my screen. So I'm going to read uh, a few verses. It's Romans 13, and this is in an aspect of respecting authority. And this is the King James Version. King James, King James Version. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that there be ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resists the power, resists the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. So God is saying that even if a person is, 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 is in position and you don't like them, you don't agree with them, you want to rebel against them, all authority on earth comes from God, even if a person who's not saved is in that position all authority, positional power comes from God, okay? So, I'm going to leave that alone. Even if you disagree with them, still respect authority because this is going to go into the next uh, key that I have when it comes to elevation. Not only do we supposed to respect authority, not only do we supposed to respect the person that's in authority, whether we agree with them or not, how we treat people is how people treat us. So, turning the mirror... When we respect other people in position and authority, we respect ourselves in position and authority because God has given us authority, okay? When we don't respect other people in authority, when they're trying to operate in their position of power, that puts kind of a, um, I don't know the right words, but when you're trying to operate in authority that God has given you to walk upon serpents and to, you know, heal all sickness and diseases and things of that nature, you're not going to walk in your authority properly because you don't have respect for authority. God is teaching us whether we agree with them or not, whether we, whether we like them or not, we must respect authority and we must re respect the person. We don't have to agree with them. We don't have to like them. You know, we have to love them as, as, as children of God because he's, he's given us that heart. Respect them, but from a distance. You can respect people um, from a distance, you know. Um, respecting other people's authority and their position, not out of fear and intimidation from man, but out of respect and a love from God that we, we learn to fear God. When we fear God properly, we learn to fear authority properly because if all authority comes from God, you disrespecting the person's position is disrespecting God. So if you're not respecting God's position, if you're not respecting God's authority and who he puts in position whether they're saved or not saved god is not going to allow you to walk in authority properly because you're you can't be confident in your abilities to lead and to, and to walk in authority when you don't respect 
what God has put over here. So because you don't respect what God puts over here, you can't respect your alignment with God. You know, because God isn't going to give you the same attitudes that you're not going to have towards someone else. You understand what I'm saying? So, okay. So that's that. Now, Matthew 10, verses 1 through 8. I know it's a lot, but I'm still going to read. Okay, so this is concerning authority that God has given us as his disciples. As his, I'm sorry, as his children. Matthew 10, 1 through 8, King James Version. And when he had called unto him his twelve disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all, or manner, all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Now the names of the twelve disciples are these. The first Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew his brother, James the son of Zebedee, and his brother John, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas, Matthew the, the publican, James the son of Alphaeus, and Lebius, whose surname was Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, Iscariot who also betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go into the way of the Gentiles, and into the city of the Samaritan, enter ye not. But go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as ye go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, clean the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely ye, freely ye have received, freely give. Okay? So... God has given us authority over all, the Bible says all, like every one of them, all, like every, like the diseases that you can't even pronounce scientifically, God has given us authority over, okay? If God has given us authority to cast out unclean spirits, he has given us a position and an alignment. When we are not respecting other people and respecting authority that God has given, how can we walk in our own authority when we're, we're not respecting what the Bible says that God has given all authority on earth? You understand what I'm saying? So, you wonder why people are not respecting you. You wonder why you don't have respect for yourself. You wonder why you don't have respect for your position. Why you're not as confident in this area is because you don't respect God's authority. It's not the person. It's not the position. It's God. Okay? It's God's authority. That It's his authority, ultimately. Like, you're not looking at a person saying, oh, I have to, you know, respect you because of you. You're respecting people because God. You know, because it's it's his authority that he's given people. Just like how he's given you authority, you want people to respect you, right? Okay. So... Being elevated to the next level requires us to walk in authority, requires us to have respect for authority and respect for ourselves and for other people, okay? Cool. Because our mindset, how we see ourselves, how we see God, how we see people, it reflects off of us. When you walk with respect, confidence, people look at you and say, I respect that person. Like, there's, there's something about that person. They're confident. They're strong-minded. They're strong-willed, etc. And how you see yourself is how other people see you. Granted, you're always going to have those people who are going to be disrespectful and blah, blah, blah. But we're not talking about them. We're talking about how you see yourself is how people see you. Okay? Respect authority. Respect God. Respect yourself. And learn how to walk in your authority by respecting the hierarchy that God has allowed. Okay? Elevation to the next level requires separation. This one is hard, okay? Separation going to the next level. Separation when it comes to God's will comes from God, okay? So his separation comes from him when it's in his will. There's some of the things that we can be separated from is work, um, a toxic environment. That doesn't have to be in work. It could be a home. It could be anything, okay? Um... Being separated from people, even ourselves, you know, like how I spoke about before, how we have to be aware of people, but mostly be aware of ourselves. 
a lot of times God wants us to separate us from our fleshly, fleshly ways, our generational curses. He wants us to break that and break those generational curses and, and not walk so much in our flesh and in, in our our fleshly ways, you know, some things that, you know, we carry within our families, you know, some, you know, some people's families have a generation of curses of having a nasty attitude, you know, that nasty attitude that, that goes from like, you can see it in the uncle, the aunt, the grandma, you know, the cousin, the, you know, just that nasty attitude. And then you have some generational curses where, you know, there's alcoholism that runs in a family. Like, there's generational curses that you can see in families. And there's also generational blessings, you know, that you can see in families as well. So being separated from self means growing in who we are, dying to the flesh, being elevated in the spiritual realm. That's how we're going to be elevated to the next level is when we get rid of self the things that are blocking our blessings. Okay. Transformation begins by the renewing of our minds. So being elevated to the next level requires that our minds be transformed. Okay. Romans 12 and 2 says. Well, actually, I'm going to read verses 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be a transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will unto God. When God is requiring us to be elevated to the next level, we have to transform our minds. Okay, Romans 12 and 2 says that we have to not be conformed by the world, but we are transformed by the renewing of our minds. The mind is so powerful. Like, our minds, God has given us really, like, awesome minds. If you go back to the book of Genesis, right, and you look at Adam and Eve, specifically Adam, right? Just think about this, right? So God gave Adam authority over the garden, and one of Adam's jobs was to name all of the beasts in the field. Now, imagine Adam naming every single creature that was before time and um, after him, and then all of the beasts that are, are currently, you know, existing. You know, all those beasts that Adam named, he remembered all those names. I can't even remember all the names in the Bible, okay? But just imagine how powerful Adam's minds were. Adam Adam's mind was like God created us to be so powerful like we can create whatever we think you ever see those people who they're like fantastic artists like even my brother we call him his nickname Scootable he can picture something in his mind and he can draw it on paper and it could come out exactly like how he pictured it. Like, you have architectures who they can draw buildings and, and they can draw monuments. And then you can get another person over here who can interpret it, you know, who can interpret that that blueprint and say, okay, I can build this. You need this, this, and this to build this. Give me these tools and I'll build it. And then you have the next person who takes it to the next level. And you have the next person that takes it to the next level. And it, it, it all starts in your mind. Okay, it's a vision. You know, look at look at Steve Jobs. All of this Apple products that we have today that is taking over the world that it that controls like eighty percent of our technology and internet. Like it all started years ago. All he had was a thought. And that thought manifested and thought after and thought after and, and manifested in, you know, whatever you you know, whatever whatever plan you have to make to make something come to pass, like, all you have to have is a thought, a vision, like, our mind is so powerful, like, if we can get it in our heads that our minds that God has given us is so great, like, if we stop using our minds for junk, gossip, um, stupid stuff we watch on TV, like, if we can just allow God to take over our minds for a day, imagine the manifestations that, that we can manifest, you know, all we have to do is spend a day with God and God can drop just one revelation into our minds and God can give us the gifts and the talents to manifest that thought into something else and then God has sent someone else 
so you can have covenant covenant connections in that in so that power that you can have more power being connected to another person and you connect with this person and this person take your dream and vision to the next level and then they hook up with this person and then y'all become a team and then they take it to the next level and it's like all all it is is a thought all it is is a thought and then the rest is connections and covenants and in in prayer and fasting and and seeking God and God saying, okay, good. I want you to go out and do that. And man, like, it's all so awesome. Oh my goodness. Okay. God is so good, y'all. Oh man, God is so good. Like all these buildings you see, cars, like the cars we drive, like all it was was a thought. Like, you know, Mr. Ford back way back in the days, all he had, all he said was, if we put the wheels on this and we put, you know, the sticks here. And, and if we have an engine, you know, that can turn on this type of oil, you know, we can make automobiles that can drive miles and miles. And in in airplanes, all it was was a thought. God gave these people, ah, oh man, God gave these people, like, thoughts and visions and, and ideas. And now we have planes that fly us to different countries and and. Ah, oh, it's just so awesome. Like, if we can just allow God to transform our minds, oh, my God. Oh, Whew. dang. Man, I'm telling you, whoo, this good. Just, ah, oh, man, when we just allow God to get a hold of our minds, oh, man. Ah, oh, the, the, the renewing and the transforming of our minds, like, even throughout my Christian walk, you know, with Christ, there have been some mornings where I would, I would like, there would, like, even when, even in my Christian walk with Christ, like, there would be some mornings where I would purposely say the night before, I'm going to get up, and as soon as I get up, I'm going to, like, I'm going to think about the Bible and the scriptures, and I would sit up there, and I would meditate on God's word, and so much power would just, and the peace of God would just come upon me, and I'm thinking to myself, wow, if we can do this every single day, all day. I'm not talking about being, like, spiritually stupid, you know, like, to where we're just floating on cloud nine. And we're just, you know, no one can touch me because I'm thinking about Christ. No, you know, God wants us to live a normalized. But, what I'm, but you know what I'm talking about? Like, if you give every morning to God or you give every time that you say, okay, I'm going to spend this time with God. If you give yourself to God, imagine what he can do. God is just in heaven like, I'm just waiting for my children to be obedient and for them to come in alignment with what I have in store for them because God has so much in store for us. I mean, even if even if you read the Bible, the Bible even says that all of the miracles that Jesus did in the Bible could not be contained. Like, it, everything that Jesus did on his 33 years on earth can't be written down, like, God, Jesus did so much, oh man, like, if we read everything that Jesus did on his 33 years on the earth, like, even we gonna be like, what? Jesus did that? You know, just what we read in the Bible, that's just a little bit of what Jesus did. Like, the things that God did through Jesus, oh man, and, and if you look at it, like, Paul had power, Peter had power, like, people would touch Paul's garment they wouldn't even touch him like that the oh, I can't even get the words out I'm so excited so the the person touching Paul's garment in in oh no sorry not his garment garment his um his shadow when Peter walked by and his shadow healed whoo man oh Man, when Peter walked by and his shadow healed people, that's that that kind that kind of like represents how when Jesus was alive and he was walking through the crowd and the, the woman with the issue of blood and she she touched his garment and and Jesus felt that virtue guard him and and she was healed. Oh man, that's like that's so awesome. Like God wants to use us, but we have to transform our minds and we have to renew our minds and we have to not let Satan use us. For for the, the the evilness, like if we just let God get a hold of us, like not that okay, God does want to use us, but I don't want to make it seem like you know God just want to use you, you know, for His He does want to use you, but let God just love on you first. 
You know, God wants to just love on us because we're just missing so much of God's love. Even as children of God, like, if we really gave ourselves over to God and if we really just submitted our whole lives, if we really just submitted our whole minds, like, we would feel the love of God manifest on us. And there are some days when God, he, does, he doesn't want us to just go out and preach the gospel. He doesn't just want us to, you know, um, heal the sick. There are times where God just says, he wants to say, hey, Ebony, I miss you. I, I want to fellowship with you. I just, I want to just love on you because I see that you're hurting or I see that you've been in pain or I see that someone hurts your feelings. You know, it's kind of like, you know, when we're children, you know, when we're little or when we're in high school, you know, even when we're in college. Well, I, I guess you could say even when, when we're adults, you know, the parenting thing never goes away. You know, when, when someone hurts us, you know, our parents get mad and who, you know, who hurt you? You know, I want to know, you know, so I can go, you know, tell them off because it, it, it doesn't matter if your parents are 80 years old and you're like 66, you know, or if you're, you know, a kid in high school, you know, whenever someone hurts, you know, someone's child, the parent wants to protect them. And that's how God is with us, you know. Yes, he wants to use use us and yes, he is going to use us. But there are times when God just wants to love on us because the world is so dark. And, you know, as Christians, we, we are sent out into the world every day. And we may go to work and someone may hurt our feelings. And God, he just wants to love on you. And he wants to heal you because he knows that your feelings has been hurt. He wants to heal you and, and put love on your heart so that you can forgive that person. And, and so you can just move on and be happy. You know, you may you may be married and, and maybe your spouse wasn't treating you as good as they could have because everyone's flawed, you know. Everyone has flaws. Or maybe your children aren't acting right and you're feeling stressed and overwhelmed. And God is just saying, Be still. I want to love on you. Just just be still. I just wanna I just wanna love on you, you know? So, okay. Transformation begins in the mind. You know, what we think is where we'll follow. You know, like Joyce Meyer says where the mind goes, the man follows. It's true. Where our mind goes, we follow. So if our minds are Christ-like, we're going to follow in the footsteps of God. But if our minds are is focused on the world and it's dark and it's focused on unforgiveness, if you're focused on hating your coworkers, if you're focused on hating the person who raped you, you know, when you were three, if you're focused on, you know, every fault that someone has, has made against you, your mind is going to become dark. And you're going to become bitter. And, you know, you're going to have people saying, what's wrong with you? Why are you acting like that? It's because your mind has been following the world. So, therefore, you are acting of the world even though you're, you're a Christian. Okay, so transformation begins by the renewing of our minds. And that's Romans chapter 2. Romans, I'm sorry, Romans chapter 12, verse 2, 1 and 2. When we are no longer around things that influence us negatively, God can use us more freely. We must change the way we think, our perspectives, our cognitive abilities to catch up with Christ's mind-likeness. When we transform our minds like Christ, we become more like Christ, we, we operate in the spiritual realm, becoming stronger in Christ, the more powerful our minds are, the more powerful that we become. Okay? Uh, separation is a part of being elevated. Elevation requires separation. Also, when God separates you from toxic, toxic environments, um, people who he no longer wants you to be around because you either outgrown them or you were never supposed to be around them in the first place, we will find that we will get our voices back. Okay? When we are around things, we adapt. You ever been around someone, whether you really like them or not, they have certain ways and you start picking up on, you know, their habits or you start talking like them a little bit or you start liking some of the things that they like. As human beings, God made us to adapt, okay? 
he made us adaptive so we start to adapt when we are around so once we once we are moved out of our toxic environment the people who we're not supposed to be around um whether we will whether we have outgrown them in that season whether we were never supposed to be around them and god has finally gotten us to a place where he says okay i'm gonna remove you from this situation i'm gonna remove you from this environment we become free for god to pour into us for us to start to think again like how he wants us to think we start to get our voices back because we start to focus on christ more and more and more when we're not in our old environments that that sucked us dry that's that drained us we're free for god to use us and in that freedom comes we get our voices back okay so when we when you get your voice back your spiritual voice, your physical voice, when you start speaking like Christ, use your voice for the kingdom of God. And lastly, elevation to the next level requires us that we're going to walk through our dark hallways, which I call aka our dry seasons. Sometimes our dry seasons are going to be hard, harder than others. Um, I kind of I, I, I kind of liken it to walking in you know in a hallway you know like when you're in the house and you get up you gotta go to the bathroom or you get up you want to go to the kitchen and go get something to drink you know sometimes you don't want to turn the light on because you don't want the brightness of the lights to fully wake you up because you want to go back to the you, you want to go back to bed after you you know get a snack or after you use the bathroom so you walk in between you know the hallways with the lights out you kind of know where you're going but you still kind of got to feel around I kind of represent our our hallways when we're going from one level to the next to the next level to the next. Our, I, I liken those hallways to like dark hallways, which I call our dry seasons. Um, it doesn't always have to be a dry season, but a lot of times it is a dry season because during that transformation period, your vulnerable period, God is always doing the work to where he has to break you down to build you back up so you can be equipped to be on that next level okay so that dry season is very crucial okay and before god has to break you down he has to get you out of your environment then break you down so if you thought you were vulnerable before because you're out of the environment that was sucking you dry that was draining you Imagine being out of that environment, feeling vulnerable, vulnerable because you're not used to being around this this new place. You're you you don't have those old people that you used to gossip with to gossip with anymore. Now, when you want to say something, you got to keep quiet. You got to pray about it. You got to write it down. You know, so it's like um, God takes you out of your environment. And, you know, you're used to going to this person and, and now you can't because God, God took them away. You know, you're used to picking up the phone, calling this person. Girl, let me tell you what such and such said. Did he really say, girl, stop playing with me? You can't do all of that no more. So you're, you're in a place to where God has picked you up out of your environment, your old and toxic environment, put you in a new environment to where now you're vulnerable. Now you're learning what not to do and not that God wants you to become a robot. God wants you to now gain new weapons because now you're learning how to put on the full armor of God. Before we were putting on the full armor of the world, you know, when we were stressed, we would gossip. When we, we were mad at somebody, we would gossip. You know, when we were stressed, we would drink. When we were stressed, you know, you use drugs. You know, when you're stressed, you, you turn to sex. You know, when you're stressed or when things are not going right, you know, you spend a lot of money. You you become an impulsive spender, impulsive gambler, emotional eater. You know, you you had all these outlets, you know, that you were putting on the world. You know, you were putting on, you know, bad thoughts. You were putting on, you know, uh, toxicity. But now that you're out of that old environment and you're in your hallway, okay, your, your dark hallway, your dry season, your, you are tempted to gossip now you have to pray okay you're tempted to you know um spin but god is telling you to save your money so you're like oh I'm, I'm used to do- no i can't do that anymore no i can't no i gotta save money oh oh let me call dang we're not feeling no more i can't gossip you know uh, you know uh you know gossip is not good 
you know, you got to walk in love. You got to speak love, you know, towards people, you know. So it's like when God takes you out of that environment and puts you in a new environment and you're learning how to do all the old things that you used to do into new things, you still have the same problems. But now, instead of doing the old way, you're doing the new way. You're putting on the full armor of God. You know, you're putting on the, 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 the helmet of salvation, you know, the breastplate, the breastplate plate of righteousness you know you know it says you know gird up your loins you know however you say that but you know what i mean if you read ephesians okay six thirteen, okay you would know so you you know you you're learning how to become christ like you're learning how to have this problem but give it to god you're learning how to navigate this issue and and put the word of god on it you're learning how to have a problem but solve it the kingdom's way so in your hallway in your dry season in your your time of vulnerability when god is transforming you breaking you down breaking down your old ways building you up in his standards so he can walk you through that door so when you're in that room full of of people you know whether it's a it's a representation of a spiritual room whether you're in a physical room because the things that happen to us in the physical realm here on earth has already manifested itself in heaven. So if you're in a room, you know, full of opportunity, you walk through that door and, you know, you're in in a room with the people that you used to admire like 10 years ago. And now you're thinking, man, I can't believe like, you know, uh, I used to read their books and, and now I'm sitting at the same same table next to them. And you're like, ah, oh, this is so awesome. But you you have to be on a spiritual level in order to carry out and hold a conversation with these people who they've been walking in the word of God for a long time. You know, they've been in their position for years. You know, you you have to allow God to elevate you, break you down, transform you, elevate you to that level so you can be able to hold a conversation with these people that you you admire. You know, um, and that fascination doesn't have to go away, and it it just it doesn't have to be a room, you know, like a physical room. You you know you could have admired you know a fashion designer, and you want to design clothes, and and now God has gotten you out of that old mindset, and now you know you you went back to school, you got your education, now you're trying to become a fashion designer, and now He has put you in a room with a person who you you never thought that you would meet. But God has given you the opportunity after you steadfastly did the thing that you were required to do in order to get you there. Now you're in a room with these people who've been designing clothes for 25 and 35 years. Now are you going to blow this opportunity by being of the world or are you going to allow God to use you to to allow him to change your mind so that not only are you in the room, you can stay in the room and you can stay with those covenant connections and and staying connected with those people now it doesn't mean that you're going to be connected to everybody who you admire it's possible because who knows what god's going to do you know who knows so walking through your your hallway walking through your dry season walking through your darkness know that god is with you the whole way through even if you don't feel him even if you don't think you see him just know that god is always 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 faithful no matter what even if you don't think God is going to be faithful even if you feel that God doesn't even if you feel that you don't deserve God's faithfulness he's always going to be faithful God's word said that he cannot tell a lie he cannot go back on his words God said that what his word that he sends forth to manifest has to manifest itself. God is not a man that he should lie. He's not going to leave us. He's never going to forsake us. So even in your, your your dark season, your dry season, you know, your hallway, as I call it, just know that God is going to be faithful. And then this is my last scripture that I have before I close. I didn't mean to talk for almost an hour, but it is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. And I'm going to read it right here. Hold on. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse seven says, for we walk by faith 
and not by sight. So God put the scripture on my heart to match with this this uh, title of this uh, talking point that I have is walking through our hallway. We, in our dry seasons, in our dark seasons, in our dark hallway, we walk by faith and not by sight. We, elevation to the next level is going to require us to have faith, okay? We don't always see where we're going, you know? We don't always know what God is going to do. We don't always know what's around that corner, you know? Just like when we're living in sin, we don't always know what's around that corner, you know? Um, You know, and I'm not trying to, you know, be funny or mention anything bad, but just like with the shooting that happened in California, you know, this mass shooting that happened, in, I think it's called Thousand Oaks. Um, they were at a bar. Um, they were just all at a bar drinking, having fun, drinking alcohol. You know, who knows what was going on there. But they did not expect that to happen. They did not know what was around that corner. Just like God says, walk by faith, not by sight. When we walk with God, we don't know what's around that corner, you know. But know that God is with you, is with us all of the way. And we may not know what's around that corner, but we don't know what's around a corner when you live in the world. And we don't always know what's around a corner when we walk with God, but just know that God is going to guide and protect you and he's going to always be faithful. Does it mean that you're going to have a smooth ride? No. A lot of times the dry season, dry season is hard because with with elevation to the next level it requires separation it requires faith it requires perseverance but a lot of the times in order for you to go higher okay in order for you to go higher in christ you have to go lower in self and that is hard it it hurts it hurts it sucks because dying to the flesh is hard it's it's like you're losing you 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 are losing yourself but it's the flesh that you're losing and you're gaining you know rooms in heaven you know you're gaining mansions in heaven you're gaining things in the spiritual realm that we're not going to see everything that we're manifesting on the earth until we get to heaven where we're going to say man i'm so happy i passed that test you're like thank you jesus you know you're like i you know <laughs> you're like thank god i passed that test you know, on earth, and you're just going to see, we're going to see everything that, you know, the things that we manifested, the tests that we've gone through, and we're even going to see some things that we missed out, you know, it may be that when we get to heaven, God is like, you know, I told you to walk by faith, you know, not by sight, and some of us are going to see that, you know, maybe we missed out on some stuff, but hey, you know, at least you make it through the pearly white gates, so I hope that you guys were blessed by this message as I was, you know, God just gave me this word, and I know for a fact that I am going to reread this again and re-listen to this message because it spoke volumes to me, so I know it spoke volumes to you. Replay it, record it, do whatever you want, listen to it multiple times, but I pray that you become elevated to the next level, but what I also pray is, is that you allow God to do work in you to decrease you so that he can increase you. So thank you guys for listening and thank you guys for watching. Until next time, talk to you later. Bye.